Blog Talk Radio. higher truth, 
Um, if you're uh, wanting to have a little discussion with somebody right now, it should be very spirited, very loving, and the debate should have a very um, open feeling about it. Mars in Aquarius. I like that, although it's getting a little close to being square to Saturn. Mars is at 7 degrees Aquarius, and Saturn is at 9 degrees Scorpio. Saturn, Mars can create irritability and tension, um, and this would generally be happening with friends because um, Mars is in Scorpio, uh, Mars is in Aquarius. But for right now, let's say for tonight anyway, it's still the high-minded initiative with high-minded values that we love about Aquarians, the uh, generosity and our willingness to share. Um, our toys with others. As we get closer to the weekend, we may find that we encounter somebody that doesn't want to share their toys with us. Um, Jupiter and Gemini, hopefully it's still keeping things light, and um, Uranus and Pluto, we're going to talk a little bit more, on their way to making their first square of the year. And that's your Global Energy Minute. Once again, it's Dr. Craig Martin, and you're listening to the Inside Connection Radio on Blog Talk coming to you on Thursdays, live from Los Angeles at 8 p.m. I'm going to run through a couple of the major transits that I see going on, and uh, then I'll try and take callers um, in the middle. I had one question in the chat room, which is, what's that song that I play at the beginning of uh, the show? And that song is called Supernatural by Desiree. And I was just thinking, funny enough, while it was playing, that um, I don't get a chance to ever play the full version of that since I have a clip that I use for the opening of the show. But I will reload that song into the Blog Talk uh, audio archive here in um, in my studio. And I will play that whole song Supernatural by Desiree in the coming weeks. It's an awesome tune and I love having that song as the um the music for the show. So, um, you know, one of the things I notice right off the bat is that with all the change that we're going to have this year, there's this theme of um Saturn sextile Pluto. Saturn and Scorpio sextile Pluto that's very positive. It happens in January and March and September that there are exact angles of Saturn and Pluto. And for me, it says that there is going to be, while a great deal of transformation, some stability and grounding in that transformation. And um, I think that hopefully for me, when I went through the transits of the year, it added a lot of hope. That had a lot of hope for me. It said that, um, you know, yes, we were going to be transforming social uh, norms. We were going to be transforming patriarchal hierarchy in some way, but that some of that was going to happen in a more stable framework um, with negotiation and um, and a kind of working it out, so in, in individual relationships and also in um, in um, you know countries. We talk about both you know global. We're talking about countries actually representing the chart, and on the individual level, I see a lot of stability possible in in the transformation that's going to take place this year. I want to say in February. 
We're going to be kicking it off with a bang as Jupiter is going to be sextile to Uranus. And since Uranus is a big player this year because of the Uranus-Pluto square, which I've been talking about already for more than a year, it's the result of the Arab Spring and uh, the Occupy Wall Street movement and several other things, including, I think, um, when John Roberts upheld Obamacare. I think that that was another uh, Uranian squaring Pluto and Capricorn where he became Uranian and represented the individual need for, um, no pun intended, the individual mandate. So um, I think that there are many levels of surprise that we're going to be experiencing where the individual is going to stand against the social norm, the the, the um the general corporate, government, religious, institutionalized norm. And in February, we may see something quite stunning, quite uh, and large, and quite opening as Jupiter sextiles Uranus. I'm going to take my first caller who's been hanging on for a while in here and, um, and uh, come right back to pick it up again, uh, back with the transits uh, starting in March. Hi, area code 813. You're on the Inside Connection. Hi, this is Lena. I'm calling from Tampa. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Lena. How are you? I'm doing all right. Okay. Um, Let me open up my astrology software because I haven't even done that yet. Have I spoken to you before? No, this is my first time calling your show. Okay, great. Have to have a sip of my water there, and we're off. So, um... What's the first initial of your last name? P as in Paul. Okay. Um, it's possible that you have spoken with me, um, uh, just so you know. Um, are you a Scorpio? No, I'm a Libra. Are you? Okay, I so you're la- you're the, the first initial of your last name is P? Yes. Okay, and when's your birthday? 10-12-71. Awesome. That is awesome. Um, I uh, it's amazing to me. How, how do you spell your first name? It starts with an E. L A I N E. Elena. It's Elaine. <laughs> okay. Um, ten. Twelve. Nineteen seventy one. And um, your birth time. Two twenty-five. Two twenty-five in the morning or the afternoon? Afternoon. Afternoon. And what town? Um, Detroit. Where are you calling me from tonight? Tampa, Florida. Oh yes. Did I ask you that already? You did, but it's fine. Sorry, honey. No, it's good. <laughs> okay. Here's your chart. Have you ever seen your chart before? Yeah, but I don't understand it. Okay. Um, well, I'll explain it to you a little bit. You're very Libra. Um, you have four planets in Libra. And um, it makes you very, you know, very Libra in that way that you're fair-minded <laughs> and you want to negotiate with people right. and you always want equality and fairness. And, in fact, you're fierce about it. <laughs> you're, you're, you can, you, you, you want a certain kind of, 
fairness and justice so much that you're you're willing to become even passionate about it. And a lot of Libras aren't. A lot of Libras will stay even keeled. I mean, your Venus is in Scorpio, and it adds a little bit of uh, spice to your to the balanced approach. And um, with you having Moon in Leo and uh, Jupiter in in Sagittarius, it's like you you want to stay steady, you know, steady and steady and hold the course, but there's a lot of fire in you, and when you feel like there's injustice or something like that, you totally want to speak up and mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that grabs me from your chart is is possibly your father, maybe a strict figure in your life at certain points in your life where he was, um, uh, you know, just disciplinarian. Is that true? He was a Sag. <clears throat> he wasn't around, but when he was around, he had a temper, you know, like a normal Sag, hot like fire. Yeah, but you have Saturn in the fourth house, and it usually has to do with a father who's disciplinarian and strict. And a lot of times people who have Saturn in the fourth, they feel like their childhood might have been missing something. They feel like, you know, like they're, they're, they were shortchanged a little bit in some way. Uh, mostly because of, it was hard for the father to express love. Mm-hmm. And um, that affects you in certain ways. I would assume that you've, you know, gotten better with those issues because, you know, as we grow older, usually we work things out. But when you were younger, that was a difficult spot because you have Saturn kind of alone at the bottom of your chart. Um, the last I guess a couple of years were not so easy with Saturn and Libra for you. Mm-hmm. And if you're wanting to know if things will lighten up a little bit, they will. Are you in a relationship? I'm not. You're not. And you haven't met anyone in the last month or so. Or years. <laughs> years, yeah. I mean, Saturn, Saturn is square, your moon, and your moon is in the seventh house. And sometimes it's hard because... You might be attracted to people with big personalities. Um, mm-hmm. You might you might be attracted to people who are kind of showy. Um, but then a lot of times those people end up being so full of themselves that it's very difficult for a Libra because again you want fairness and equality, and you've mm-hmm. got your Mars in Gemini, uh, your Mars in Aquarius, and it adds this need for fairness and equality. Do you have a lot of friends? Not like that. The ones I do, I've known for years. Uh-huh. Yeah, because your moon's north node is in Aquarius in the first house, so it says, you know, you want friendship and and you mm-hmm. want to have a close group of friends that help you create your own personal identity. Are you working? I am. Yeah, work gets very good for you this year and then even into 2013 and 14. Um, work just gets better and better. There's a promotion for you at the end of 2013, 14. It's really like a whole year from now, but you're working towards it. If there's anything okay. right now that you're studying, if you've gone back for more yeah, class yeah. work. Huh? Mm-hmm. I have. have you? I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's because Saturn's in the ninth, and the ninth's about higher education. What that's doing is it's preparing you for like a really nice opening in your career when Saturn joins your your 10th house cusp, but it's not for another year. Um, Those are really like the big things that are going on. I mean, you're you're having 
what's called the Iranian opposition. I guess that's the biggest thing that's going on. You're at the age where you're having what's called the midlife crisis. <laughs> so, right. you know, I, I don't even like to frame it that way, but that's what it's called. Because, <laughs> listen, I wanted to make, because I am a social worker and I'm going back to school, so I'm like, I want to make sure I'm doing this not because it's some midlife crisis, but I'm actually going to complete this. Well, but that's what a midlife crisis represents. It represents a desire to actually complete something that might be of value to you. You know, I mean, that, and I I see it being very good. You know, I mean, for you, maybe completing something like this was always a fantasy, but you're about to actually complete it. The crisis more has to do with actually completing it and then, and then, like, you know, leading your life with that new identity. That, that's what, that's the crisis is. The crisis means that there's a shift in the way in which you view yourself socially, um, because you have Neptune in the tenth, so Neptune square Neptune. It's changing. You're going to have a degree. You're going to have a new social status based on being able to tell people that you're a licensed social worker or that you're a social worker. Okay. I don't see it as being, that's the crisis, not like, uh, you know, it's going to happen and you're going to be unhappy with it, but more that you're going to be so changed by it. That's customarily what the crisis is about, is about the change. And usually it's a departure from what it is that you've known. So, um, but I often see it as even though it seems disruptive and it seems like you want to accomplish a lot in a really short time and you also want to have a relationship right now, which one could really come in if you wanted to. If you wanted to, one can really come in because you have Uranus in Libra. So right now there's a possibility in 2013 of you bringing in a substantial partnership, but again, it's only if you want it and only if that's something that you want for this part of your life. Midlife means that you're looking at the next part of your life and you want to know what do you want in it and what don't you. Okay. So it offers you a lot of opportunity for choice and change. Hmm. Okay. And that's your reading for tonight. Oh, thank you very much. You're so welcome. I'm going to get back to this show. I hope you'll stay on and listen. I will. Thank you. Okay, hon. Okay, great. Bye. So I want to get back to, um, you know, the um, some of the other transits. As I said, Saturn in in and Pluto making a sextile in January, March, and September provides stability with transformation and. Um, Moving on, in May and October, that's when we have the Uranus square Pluto transits. These, This is where we're going to be very strong hot spots, and we may see uprisings again, and we may see even different um, humanistic individual movements, uh, you know, resurface in um, in rebellion, that's a Uranian word, against the hierarchical structure Capricorn. So we've been talking about it for a long time. We're not even really yet in the, the real thick of it. Even the things that happened last year 
Arab Spring and uh, Occupy Wall Street were just the beginning of the larger social change that needs to take place while Uranus and Pluto are square. So we have a couple more years of that, but this year is going to be a very intense May and October. In June and July, check it out, those of you who are astrology buffs, we are going to have an exact grand trine in water at four degrees. Jupiter in Cancer, Saturn in Scorpio, Neptune in Pisces, all at four degrees, moving from June, where it's just going to be Saturn and Neptune trine, into July, where Jupiter and Cancer will move into the Grand Trine in water. What a time of emotional peace and stability that if we're talking about a uh, some kind of renaissance in consciousness that's possible at this time um, a spiritual awakening that's possible it's happening in the summer of this year uh, because with that grand trine in water and then in august jupiter is going to be in opposition to pluto which is a very expanded transformational time jupiter in cancer pluto pluto in capricorn uh, it this is this summer is going to be the almost the really uh, integral turning point of a higher consciousness of compassion, Jupiter and Cancer, real care and concern and love that we can have for each other. More stability in September, and I will talk about the fall and the end of the year when I come back after I say hello to another caller. 780, you're on the Inside Connection. Hey, it's uh, Jay Colin. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hey, happy spiritual New Year to you. Thank you. Happy spiritual new year. What's going on? Not too much. I'm just uh, listening to the show, so just just wish you all uh, plenty of chances to talk to you the uh, uh, rest of the year. Just so I'm just listening to your transit. So that's all I'm Thank doing. Thank you. So, uh, I have a couple other people. Huh? Not, not looking for a reading, so looking forward to hearing. So you get back to the SQ and I'll just yeah. Well, the that, this this I think part of what I was just talking about that you might have heard is probably one of the as I was going through the transits. You know, you you have to integrate all of this together. If Uranus and Pluto is creating a really dynamic change um, over the course of three to five years. And, you know, when when Uranus and Pluto were conjunct, that was Vietnam. That was that long ago. It was Vietnam. And it was that, you know, um, the flower power. It was all of that. But it was, it was this time of great uh, sort of social tension. And at the same time, there was this awakening in consciousness. And now we've moved um, uh, 40, you know, years later and um we have the first square of uranus and pluto and we're in the real midst of it and we say that that the that the that the hot spots of that transit are may and october but in the middle of that in the summer there's going to be this stability and emotional life right where jupiter and cancer which is an an expansion in nurturing is in positive energy towards uh, Saturn and Scorpio, which is the individual ability to work it out with one another, in positive energy with Neptune and Pisces, which is about empathy. And so we're going to have this 
very strong energy of, of, of higher consciousness and a capacity to really work it out, all in the midst of the Uranian-Pluto square. I think that this year is pivotal for, for uh, a real fundamental change in consciousness to um, social awareness and concern for each other. You know, the well-being of the individual was something I was thinking when I was writing these transits down, that that Uranus is is representing right now the power and uniqueness of the individual. This is something that I think gets overlooked. We talk about the masses, you know, and I think it's time to really say, like, the masses, uh, how, how can we just lump every individual into one word, like, oh, they're the masses, and they really only represent one entity, and they're to be manipulated and swayed and herded along like a bunch of cattle, when each one of those people is an individual with an individual chart and their own karma and their own experience of life and life lessons to learn and I think that that's something that's going to be really emerging this year is the importance of the individual and that the individual can't be you know as taken for granted as uh, we often like to do Hmm. very interesting yeah it's going to be an interesting year (laughs) yeah I'm going to go to another caller, but I love to talk to you. You're 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 a good guy, and and uh, I always like seeing you on my switchboard. Thanks, Jay. You're welcome. You take care. Uh, hi, area code two hundred six. You're on the inside connection. Hi, Dr. Craig. This is Kelly, and I'm a first time caller. Hi, Kelly. Um, you want me to give you a little reading? I'll open up. The I would phone. love that. Great. Um, so what's the um the first initial of your last name? H. And your birthday? 8762 in Honolulu, Hawaii at 3:12 a.m. Oh, 3:12 a.m. So August the 7th, 62, 3:12 a.m. Honolulu. Right. Honolulu, Hawaii. Okay. Has anyone looked at your chart before? Um, yeah, I dabble myself as well, and I've. Okay, great. Um, but so I've you have cancer heard rising. You have cancer, cancer rising. Cancer rising. Okay. Um. Yeah, this is an interesting chart. Huh? An interesting time for you too. So yes. that one is Scorpio. <laughs> do you have kids? I do not. No kids? Um, no are you married? I am not. You're not. Are you in a relationship? I am not. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. I ask all those questions because fifth house can sometimes represent children. You have moon in the um in the right. fifth house, so it's the ruler of your chart, and I think there there needs to be some kind of an important uh, emotional legacy for you, something that you've worked on in your life that has My some meaning. Project. It could be your career because you do have Neptune also in the fifth house, and Neptune's the ruler of your tenth house cusp. But I jump in and ask you about family and children because children represent a legacy, and so since this is a very important focus point for me, when I look mm-hmm. at your chart, that's why I jump right in there and ask that. So, um, think of it as brain children. 
um, creative projects, things like that. Yeah, no, that, that's what it baby. is. It's passionate, creative. Yeah. yeah, well, things basically that you've given birth to. Right, correct. Yeah. No, strong, strong energy involved in there. And hopefully some of them have been scorpionic for you. They've involved you know, intimacy and passion and the search for truth or delving into secrets and mysteries or, um, uh, yes. yeah, art, yes, art, yes. art, death, you know, sex, transformation, rebirth. Transformation, rebirth, yeah. Um, what parts of my um, chart do you see as being most active as far as my soul journey is concerned this year? Well, Saturn is in Scorpio, and so mm-hmm. it's going to be going back down to, it's actually going to retrograde in the late spring and be conjunct your moon for a couple of months. So um, I think one of the important parts is going to absolutely be whatever creative project you decide you want to take on at that time. So, And it's not going to be a kid, huh? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, you're not thinking of uh, maybe you know like adopting a little girl. That would certainly send you on a on a on a soul journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I just throw that out there because Saturn is about karma and relationships. So it could be about you meeting someone because mm-hmm. Saturn rules your seventh house. So when Saturn conjuncts your moon in the late spring, it could be about meeting someone um, where the relationship is somewhat romantic because the moon is in your um, is in your fifth house. But Saturn has a way of keeping that you know more grounded. So it's say right. if if this year you meet an older person, say up to about eight years older than you, um, who is uh, intense, you know, but but reliable and dependable, but else, you know, resonating your moon quite strongly. So there'll be some attraction, or the attraction will be just in that level of openness and intimacy that you crave so much um, to to really be able to connect with somebody on a level where there's no BS. You know, it's so hard to find, and you really like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Other That's why I'm not married. <laughs> uh, yes, well, yeah. so, you know, you'll be surprised that this year there's this year there's a you know a serious person coming around, and you know also it's cons- it's consistent with the fact that Jupiter is going to be conjuncting your Mars at the same time, so I would focus on possibly you know having another intimate interaction with a human being as a part of your soul journey. So when you ask me, that's pretty much what I see. It's not in that in that second and third house about making money and uh, you know leadership, and that's coming again. But I think you're working this year on uh, relationships and intimacy. Oh, how interesting! And uh, I would say that's a good reading for tonight. Wonderful. Thank you. Unless you have any other questions. Um, a quick question. You mentioned the grand, uh, the water trine coming up yeah. in um, May, June, or June, July. It's it's um, actually exact in early July. It's June, July, right? Early July. Okay, so that's going to be pretty close to my ascendant. What effect would that have on 
Uh, oh, it's going to be lovely because it's actually going to be activating your moon and your ascendant, and it's going to be Neptune in your ninth house. I think it's very spiritual, and I think it's um, it's it's very much again about nurturing. So I don't know what mm-hmm. exactly that you're going to encounter to nurture. I know I was kind of kidding you about a kid, but yeah. uh, to me, maybe <laughs> Yes, maybe a puppy. I mean, there's no reason why it can't be a puppy because it's Jupiter. Jupiter rules your sixth house, and the sixth house is the house of pets. Sixth house rules pets. So um, there's just going to be that kind of baby energy coming into your life, something that you can take care of. And whenever we reach for a, a higher level of love and responsibility, that's the energy that transforms us the most. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yes, you're so welcome. It's uh, lovely having you on the show. Thank you, Craig. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I want to talk just about the, you know, the remainder of the year. I know there's a few more people in the in the switchboard, and I do not know that I'm going to be able to get to everybody tonight. Um, I really wanted to, um, you know, finish talking about the transits, and I might have time for one more caller. Um, so just let's see how many I can get to. For those people that I don't get to tonight, you know that I'll be here next week, and um, I'll be... Um, you know, happy to pick you up then. Seems like sometimes, just so everybody knows, if you really want to get uh, a reading from me, uh, really want to get a reading, you need to call in before 8 o'clock and hang out there for a while and wait for the show to start because sometimes it's hard for me to do readings for everybody. So that's just for people who I don't get to. If you if you don't, then um, we'll um, – but I'm going to try so uh, the remainder of the year, the, the, the you know, like almost like a whole year from now, really, is a, is Jupiter trying Saturn in a kind of um, uh, stationary Jupiter trying Saturn as they're moving along together. I think it's at seven, eight, and nine degrees of Cancer and Scorpio, respectively. So we wrap up the year with that same level of compassion and intimacy, nurturing and intimacy that we had in the Grand Trine. So that that very um, beautiful, resonating, emotional energy, fourth degree of water, <clears throat> um, is the way we're going to wrap up the end of the year. And I thought that that was, um, was quite nice. Got to get a sip of water. Excellent. Thank you. Um, Also, along with that stability, Saturn sextile Pluto. And as we go into 2014, we're going to have another transit of Uranus square Pluto again. So that energy is not going away. It continues to carry through the next few years um, as Uranus and Pluto just continue to do this dance between the individual and the patriarchal overlords. Um, area code 310 You're on the inside connection Hello, Hello. Hi, how are you? Good um, Where are you calling me from? I'm calling from uh, Redondo Beach, California Awesome And 
you want me to look at your chart? I sure do. Great. So, your first name? Donna. D-O-N-N-A. Yeah, and the first initial of your last name? I. I. And your birthday? 11-22-50. a.m. And your birthplace? Santa Monica, California. You know that I'm in Hollywood. I do know that. <laughs> uh, you've looked at your chart before? Yes, I have. All right, well, let's follow along. Very, very late Scorpio. You know that, right? You're not a Sagittarius. Yep. Yeah. 9 degrees. It could be a surprise, you know, to some people. If you were born about eight hours later, if you were born at noon, you'd be a Sag. Uh-huh. Because it's 29 degrees and 40 minutes, so that's like a two-thirds of a degree, which means two-thirds of a day. One-third of a day later, eight hours, the sun would have gone into Sagittarius that day. So you really are almost a Sag, and I would imagine that you feel that a lot because you have uh, Venus in Sag and Mercury in Sag. And uh, so there's a strong pull, you know, especially because you're a woman. There's, and Venus is your ruler because your your rising sign is 28 degrees Libra. So uh-huh. Venus is the ruler of your chart. And since since Venus is in Sag, there's this strong pull for uh, that 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 ruling planet to just drag the sun in. It's like almost like um, you weren't quite done with your scorpionic lesson, but you really were so done with it that you just dragged yourself into being a Sagittarius. <laughs> so you could kind of be an honorary Sagittarius. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Um, I would imagine that many of the dark sides of Scorpio are not things that you're interested in at all. Um, Revenge, jealousy, sarcasm, and all that dark bitterness is something that that you're over with. In other words, let's say several lifetimes as a Scorpio and now being like, oh my God, do I really want to leave being a Scorpio? It's awfully fun and sexual there. Do I have to be a Sagittarius? And then what am I going to do? Just wander around looking for my navel? But still at the same time, you were like, no, that's okay. You know, like, I, I don't need to dwell in the sort of base passions of Scorpio. See, the right. Scorpio energy is about digging in to find the truth. The Sagittarius energy is about being in the truth. Mm. So you have that. You have that path. You're looking at that path. But, it, you know, at the same time, you, you didn't completely leave the Scorpio realm. And so I'm sure there's a great deal of shadowy, you know, all kinds of things that you feel bad about in your personality and um, and uh, sexuality and, you know, other kinds of morose thinking that you haven't quite finished letting go of completely. Yet you're close. I feel I'm close. You're close. You're close. very close. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, you know, because because Venus and Mercury, this is your femininity. If you were a man, I would say it might be a little different. I would be giving you a little bit of a different reading. But as a woman, with Venus as your ruler, it's so strong that Venus made it into Sagittarius that you gave yourself enough parts of your personality in Sag that you, that you that's what I'm trying to say, like you see the Sagittarius life. 
Oh, you okay. see what it would be like, really, to live as a Sagittarius, as if you had been born eight hours later and you made the leap into the new sign. You actually are kind of there anyway. You're living mm-hmm. it, even though you might still have a toe in the past. It's really just a toe. Okay. So very spiritual and hopefully working towards creating spiritual values. Um, yes. You know, uh, because values is what's really very important in your chart. And uh, whether that's about the money that you make and and your own, you know, what it is that you own uh, is very important to you, what it is that you, you know. But I have I have one client who has a lot of Sagittarius in the second house, and he's funny. He's like, I always want to try and get rid of my possessions. I always want to try and get rid of them, but never, never <laughs> happens. Like I, spiritually, I know I shouldn't be attached to all these things, but yet every time I clear it out, all I do is refill the house up with shit. Sorry, I didn't say that <laughs> on the air stuff. So yeah, I work um, on letting go of them. Yeah, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do because um, uh, the second house is about something very tangible and very material. So there's always this, you know, quest for the next best ethnic restaurant. (laughs) Okay. Um, You know, trying to give you a little Sagittarius and Taurus humor there. Um, You know, if, if you've explored a range of ethnic music, travel, um, diversified culture, if you've Mm -hmm. experienced that, then you're in a place where you have already gained the values that you're looking for to gain from this Sagittarius experience of the physical plane. I have done that. If you have a little Buddha and a little Jesus and a little Krishna, you know, and a little yin-yang symbol in your house somewhere, that's awesome. You've, You've discovered part of the you know realm of uh let's say transcultural truth mhm okay does that make any sense to you it does it does because i've yeah. traveled a lot experienced the, the diversity and uh, i understand what you're saying yeah it's just very important for you to um i think you know be there and recognize that. So there's a lot, obviously, to talk about in your chart. You've had your second Saturn return. I'm not sure about, you know, your relationships. That's in the 11th house. You might have left some friends behind a couple of years ago. That could have been quite monumental for you. Yeah. Um, are you married? I am married. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It's, I mean, that's good. Hopefully you're married to somebody who's, you know, also mirrors your values because you have Moon and Taurus in the seventh house, so that's not a bad thing. Um, You know, Saturn's in opposition to the Moon. There are things to work out there. And one of the big things about, like, love and relationships right now is that Neptune is conjunct your Venus. So, you know, without getting too into it, if you've been smitten, if you feel like you're having a little romantic thing on the side, if that's happening with your husband, that's good too, you know. But if you feel by the same token like, oh, my God, I bumped into my soulmate and I'm having this incredibly, you know, romantic, unbelievable, like it seems like there's like a renaissance in love for you. Hmm. Some kind of real awakening. It hasn't happened yet. Okay. <laughs> Has it? No, no, that hasn't happened. I mean, I've 
my I've got some issues with my husband and I'm hoping he'll face them rather than be in denial. Yeah. And uh maybe that'll be a transformation. It's this isn't transformation. This is about a real uplifting of your capacity to love and it can like I say represent a, a, there's a couple of different ways it can play out. You can become smitten with another you can become smitten with another person who all of a sudden represents these spiritual values or your husband can through again the Saturn in opposition to the moon transit become transformed by whatever new boundaries you set because for him you'll be very Saturnian you'll be very um uh you know strict and authoritative in what it is that you need that uh-huh. shift could open up your relationship quite a bit. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. that's going to happen. <laughs> when, when is that? Well, you know, Neptune's right on your Venus, so it's one degree in February. Okay. It's been there, though, now for months and months and months. The last pass yeah. is February. You're going to have a resolution of this pretty soon. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Also, Pluto is conjunct Uranus. I mean, there's there's a lot of shifts that you're going to see happen maybe more quickly than you think they're going to. Well, I hope so, because the last five or six years have been uh, real tough, and, and I feel like I'm sort of getting to the end of some of it. And Yeah, well, I mean, I don't like saying that it's possible that it's possible that one facet of the... Um, you know, of this transit is the disappointment that you're experiencing and maybe not wanting to look at. Because Neptune can also represent disillusionment and disappointment and love. But in the conjunction, I just feel like when I'm looking at your chart, like there's there's a greater level of love. Okay. Love and that that's possible here. That's what I really feel. I don't I'm not sure of all the details of that. Obviously, if you want to find out more, I would be happy to speak with you privately. Um I even do a lot of couples counseling. I don't know if you've checked out my website. Um but um but the um but but unless you know, unless you channel it into another person, Unless you say, like, oh, my God, I've given up on this relationship, but yet here comes a relationship that's Neptunian, that seems to represent everything I always dreamed of having and finding. Unless you just channel that into something, somebody else, okay? Uh-huh. You're you're going to find the way to help transform your marriage into that, to try to bring that kind of love and transcendence into your relationship. That that's what I've always been working towards and I feel like it's it's coming. It's coming. We're almost getting there. Yeah. Hopefully. I would I okay. mean use Sagittarian energy, you know, use Sagittarian energy. That's what it's really about. It's about the the spiritual truths that you believe in. It's about okay. the spiritual values that you have more than anything else. So I would suggest that you really look at those. Write down on a piece of paper, what are my spiritual values? And and then from there, um, you know, 
Okay. What are your spiritual values, and from there, how can I incorporate them into, um, you know, my marriage? Or yes, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I just realized my show is totally in overtime, and I'm oh, going to okay. have to end. Yeah, I'm going to have Thanks to. Thanks so much. It. You're very welcome. Thanks for uh, calling thank in. Alrighty. I Bye-bye. hope you have a good night. Thank you. you- I'm not going to be able to get to any more readings tonight, guys. I'm sorry for that, but I am going to be on next Thursday, hopefully without fail. And I am going to leave you tonight with Cheryl Crow. Change would do y'all good. It definitely would do me good, too. Have a good night. (laughs) 